1: future we're talking real money
2: oh that's great hey listen thank you for being part of our show every week talking real money uh tom cock is here that's me don mcdonald has the week off he is i believe attending a wedding of some kind he's also moving the silver bullet from one side of this great country to the other so but he'll be back next week uh for those of you who would rather talk to him call him next week but i'm here this week next hour and uh here's the telephone number eight five five nine three five talk that's eight five five nine three five eight two five five some of you've been waiting a long time so let's go right to the telephone right at this moment and first talk with larry hi larry how can i help you
3: hi um i've uh yesterday we had a, a meeting at work and they're giving us 401k benefits and i've never done this before um i do follow your show quite a bit uh, i know you're not a fan of the life path index i just trying to figure out what to do here
2: yeah that's a okay let's let's unpack that first of all i would say Woo-hoo! you're getting the plan so i'll go ahead and do that anyway i think that's great um is there any match involved uh they're working on it they, okay
3: uh, A while ago, uh, they weren't doing it, but they were talking uh, in the next couple of months, they will have some sort of percentage figured out, but they don't know what
4: that is yet.
2: Okay. I think that's absolutely terrific. And I I am a fan of companies having retirement plans because it's a place at least people can start saving something. So now to go back to your other point that I'm critical of, you know, kind of target date funds, life plan, whatever it is, I'm... Here's it, it. That's at the edges, okay? If you know nothing about any of this and you really don't have any help, I think having a target date fund is fine because it is a way to invest. It is a way to invest money that is pretty close to being matched up with where you're going to need to be in retirement. In other words, what a target date fund does is when you're 23 years old- it's going to put most of your money in stocks right because stocks are riskier and have a high have had a higher amount of return over time and a little bit in bonds and then as you get older and get closer to retirement it's going to shift that portfolio to more in bonds a bond is a less risky security should be that uh, pays you back some interest gives you back your principal over time a stock is nothing like that so the concept of retirement date or target date funds i am not opposed to and generally they're lower expense here's the devil in the details most target date funds hold the standard Poor's 500 and bonds there's nothing wrong with that portfolio it's just that if you've added other things to it You've made more money and you've actually reduced volatility over time. For example, the Standard & Poor's 500 is 500 huge companies in the United States, right? It primarily made up of, even of that, of the 10 or 12 of the largest, make up a lot of the index, right? Your Amazons, your Microsofts. GE, I think, is in there, et cetera, et cetera. So you really don't own a lot of other parts of the economy. You don't own small companies. You don't own what we would call value companies, things that are sort of beaten down. You have no international exposure. You're not in emerging markets. You're not in real estate investment trusts, which have had a terrific year as well, up 20%. So you're missing out on some other things. But if you just looked at the portfolio portfolio, of available uh, mutual funds. He said, I have no idea how to pick from these 10 funds. I'm not opposed to the target date fund. All that said, we actually have a website, 401411.com, where we have reviewed, I think it's about 80 plans now. And you can actually send in your plan, Larry. We'll look at it and tell you, Here are the funds we think you should use if you're being aggressive or if you're being conservative. We build that out and we'll actually show you, 401411.com. So I want to be careful that people understand I'm not opposed to target date funds. By the way, our friend Paul Merriman, will be on in two weeks, he is now advocating that, Larry, that you would use the target date fund, but then you would use some of the money to put in a small cap fund that gives you some exposure to this other part of the market that has been more productive than big companies. A lot of words there. Does that help?
3: It, it does. And they do give us the uh, ability to uh, um, um, allocate money into the uh, the other
2: small and, give me a name of one of the give me the other a name of one of the other funds that would be available to you just out of curiosity
3: um well, the mid-cap blend growth and value stocks are all available same thing with the small caps and the but who are products.
2: the who are the people operating the mutual funds that uh, that you could bet that money into
3: oh um everything looks like it's going through transamerica
2: Okay. Not my favorite fund family and that's going to be actively managed probably and and again so there may be another reason so a target date fund generally is cheaper than those other funds you mentioned the Transamerica would operate which is which is an insurance company would not be again my favorite for uh, construction of a mutual fund portfolio so there may be another reason but again if you wanted our help our look at it again you could go very simply to 401411.com, send in the plan and we'll try to get you some advice there but if you knew nothing and you want to just put the money in there every two weeks i have no problem at all using a target date fund in that situation Thank you for your call, Larry. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number. Eight five five nine three five eight two five five. 935 8255 Give us a ring and we'll see if we can give you some answers.
1: Tom and Don are talking.
0: Do you know what your investment risk tolerance is? Take our free, no obligation risk quiz at talkingrealmoney.com.
1: For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: You've got questions about money? We try to give you some answers, give you some help about all of this. It can be confusing, I understand. And uh, that's why we're here each and every Saturday talking real money. And all you have to do is call us, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Let's go back to the phones. Craig has been patiently waiting. Craig, let's answer your question. How can I help you? Hi, Tom.
4: Uh, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a while, and I know I've not done everything I should, but I, I have a fair amount of cash. And I was going to invest, and I haven't, but now the market is at the highest point it's ever been. Should I still get in now, or should I hold off a little bit?
2: Okay, so what is the, the money that you're going to invest, what is the purpose of that money? What will it eventually be used for?
4: It'll be used for my retirement. I, I am retired now.
2: Okay, and how soon until you're going to start using it?
4: Well, I, I'd think at least probably five years.
2: Gall, you're right there. I mean, because generally we tell people don't put it in stocks if you're going to need it inside of five years, because there have been periods of time, believe it or not, where five years you're still underwater in stocks. It happens. I mean, and uh, we can certainly, you're old enough to remember 2008, probably old enough to remember You know, 2001, probably old enough to remember 1987, maybe even old enough to remember 1973, 74, which was a tough time. So um,
4: I remember all that.
2: I know. And those were some ragged times for stock investors. It was not a good deal. So um, of the money, the cash that you have, if you did not invest it, would it be enough to supply additional income in your retirement? In other words, does it need to grow or do you have the assets you need to pay yourself in retirement already and or with a combination of this money and other money?
4: Uh, I, I would need this money eventually in my retirement, but not, I say I don't need any for, for five years. I, I have some of the money I'm going to leave in, in, in cash that will take care of my, needs for at least five years
2: okay so this is i mean here's the thing you might do something very moderate how, how much money are we talking about craig
4: about a million and a half
2: okay so if this was my money i would probably take maybe a quarter of it 25 percent, and put it in a globally diversified stock portfolio then i would take the other three quarters of it and put it in bonds i'm assuming this is after tax sort of brokerage type of money it's not in an ira or something like that
4: no it's mostly in 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 an ira it is in an
2: ira okay so so you don't have to worry about taxation there per se so um the ira part maybe could be in the bonds and the after tax money could be in stocks because bonds are not very tax efficient But something very moderate where, as I say, maybe 25% of the money is exposed to stocks, 75% is in bonds. The worst case, if we go back to 2008, you could lose 15%, 16% of the money, which wouldn't change your life. Does that make sense? Sure.
4: Uh, But the the money that's going to go into stocks... To do that now you wouldn't you wouldn't wait because here
2: the answer is yes for so the high. yeah because we I started the show with this a little bit about markets are at all-time highs what do I do the reality is your asset allocation should be dependent on the factors I just asked you how soon do you need the money what rate of return do you need on the money and then the part we didn't really get to is how much risk how what what is your emotional makeup around money because that does play a large role Role, And so, and I didn't get into that. And by the way, you can always go to vestry.com or talkingrealmoney.com and take the risk quiz, which is free, which will help you understand your sort of emotional makeup about all of this. But back to your question, markets are at all time highs. The only thing I think people should do with markets at all time highs would be to perhaps rebalance their portfolio. That like, for example, if you put your portfolio in a 25% stock, 75% bond portfolio and over time that's gone up now to where it's 30% in stocks and 70% in bonds you'd be selling some of those stock positions and buying bonds to get back to your original percentages but due to the fact that you this money is cash i think you should invest it properly for um, the amount of risk you want to take, the amount of return you need, and how soon till you need the money. That's why I'm very comfortable saying something very low on the risk side: 25% in stocks, 75% in bonds. Remembering a couple of things, because when people get caught up in this market at all-time highs, here's the thing you have to think about. Day-to-day, the market is up about 51% of the time and down about 49 But when you start getting into months, It's dramatically different. It's like 70% of the months are up, 30% are down. So the market does have this trend of going up. What do I expect for the next five years? I have no idea. But do I expect in 10 years, when you and I chat again on this program, which I hope I'll still be here doing it, that the market will have gone up in that period of time because that's what's happened over time. So no, I don't look at the fact that the market is at all-time highs and make investing decision those decisions are your personal ones based on the factors i mentioned previously
4: okay sounds great thank you very much
2: thank you for your call it's an absolutely great question and it's fascinating because most people by the way unlike craig want to invest now they feel your brain feels comfortable the market's gone up but you should be feeling very risky because the market's gone up, right? Our brain has, Jason Zweig wrote that absolutely fantastic book, Your Money and Your Brain, that really breaks down how your brain works against you when it comes to these money decisions. We all feel more comfortable, things look great, but we should be instead saying hey is my asset allocation is my relationship between the risky things and the less risky things in the right spot that's where it should always be by the way it shouldn't matter where the mark what the market's done for the last 10 years or or what's going on politically or the economy all of those things come and go your asset allocation your your risk diversification should be about your situation Not about what the market has done or may do. We don't know. They don't know. Shaquille O'Neal does not know. Uh, Jim Cramer has no idea. These people have horrible track records of telling you what's going to do. And by the way, I didn't finish with Shaquille O'Neal. The reality there is you should not be picking individual stocks. No one has a great track record of doing those. Uh, of picking stocks that do better than the market. Yeah, there's the Oracle of Omaha who did it for a while and has had a tougher time the last 10 years just sort of beating an index of stocks similar to what he owns in Berkshire Hathaway. So no, not picking individual stocks, not timing the market, because really, if you're selling now and you're saying, I got to get out because the market's at an all-time high, you're timing a market, and when are you going to get back in? Are you going to wait for it to go down 20% and then get in? I bet you don't, because uh, then it's really hard emotionally. Yeah? 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, as we continue on Talking Real Money.
1: Tom and Don are Talking Real Money.
0: Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website,
1: TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Answering your questions, 855 935 Talk, 855 935 8255. Call us now for a live response. Call us anytime during the rest of the week, and we will answer your question on the podcast, Talking Real Money. Let's go back to the phones. Tina joins us now. Hi, Tina.
5: Hey there. Appreciate you taking my
2: call. My pleasure.
5: Um, so just looking for some advice on the best path forward for my investments. Um, I'm, current, I'm 38 years old and I've been, been pretty hands off uh, with my investments previously outside of really just setting automatic withdrawals, kind of, you know, reviewing it yearly and then increasing contributions as I earn more. So I just want to be more actively involved, obviously, and, and then um, make maximum growth. But I've got the following assets currently. So I've got about 250K and a 401K. I'm contributing the max amount. Along with a employer match of about of six percent, and that's set as an asset allocation
3: twenty forty. Um, no wait, no, oh twenty four.
2: Okay, twenty forty target date fund. So in other words, that's going yep. to be twenty years. That's probably sixty percent in stocks, forty percent in bonds. That's my guess, but I'd have to look it up. Okay, go ahead.
5: And then I'm 100% invested in a pension, i totaling about 90K. Um, I've got roughly a 10K in a health savings account that I'm contributing the max amount, and that also includes employer contributions. Yes. Um, that particular fund I'm not investing, I'd like to, um, and I'm, I'm currently not using it for medical expenses. And then lastly, I have about 90K cash in a standard savings account, which I do plan to move into a high-yield online savings account in the very near future. So. Um, I think at this point, my thoughts are to just continue maxing the 401k and HSA. I'd like to invest in the HSA, obviously, and then open an IRA. I was thinking uh, traditional since I'm in the 24% tax bracket currently. Um, and so why are you single or are you married? Single, but I've got a partner. So yeah, that's on the horizon.
2: What is, your, what is your income? You're filing singly, you're filing individually, not as a married couple? Yes. And what was yeah. your in, what is going to be your income in 2019? Uh
5: 90k but then I also get a about a 10 to 15 dollars um, k bonus. 10,000 to 15,000
2: bonus. Okay, cuz I'm trying to remember the Roth IRA contribution the limit. Hang, on, I'm going to look it up here because I always forget the number. It adjusts. But in other words, the maximum you can uh duh, 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 the maximum you can make and still be allowed to contribute to a Roth, uh, $122,000 in 2019. So that would be my first choice to do, if you're going to start, want to save something additionally, would be to do a Roth IRA for yourself.
5: Okay, so Roth IRA. Correct. And then... Even though I'm in the 24% tax bracket, that's not going to be. A-
2: it's it's a matter of your overall income. As I said, if it's 122 thousand or less, you can okay. contribute to a Roth. It it starts, it scales out a little bit after that amount, and then eventually goes away. So um, I would do that. The HSA, if you're not going to spend it, it will depend on what options they make available in the HSA to invest in. Uh, the ones
5: that I'm so I believe it's a. Uh, mutual fund through Fidelity, yeah. zero minimum, no transaction fees, or then they have like a more. Independent I know, but which funds. which funds? I don't know. Okay. Outside of just mutual funds,
2: I yeah. have to check into that. And you might want to do something that's balanced there between stocks and bonds, in light of the fact that again, if the market went the wrong way and then you did need the money, you really wouldn't want to see it go down by fifty percent, which in an all-stock portfolio could happen, right? Definitely. Yeah. So I would do that. And then the other part on the savings. Here's another one. And little little things. I don't know what you're going to get paid on the savings account. I happen to really like the Vanguard short-term investment-grade bond fund. It is, let's see. You know, can you hang on a second? We'll come back and finish this. Absolutely. Okay. We'll uh, continue. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the investment-grade bond fund, uh, which is yielding 2.82 right now it's a little bit more risk but we'll we'll take that up with tina your questions and calls still have a great half an hour left or 855-935-talk-855-935-8255 tom and don are talking real
1: money
2: it may not be the sexiest
0: website in the world but it's your one-stop shop for real money information talkingrealmoney.com
1: We're talking real money.
2: Thank you for being part of the program. We're here every Saturday to uh, try to help you make sense of your money. And we do that by taking your calls, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Tom Cock, Don McDonald's got the week off. So this is a great week to call because you don't get the ire of Don. I'm the nicer guy on the show. I can say that because he's not here, right? So, uh, anyway, it's a good time to do it. The lines are actually open, and we have till the top of the hour. So, 855-935-8255, anything money related. We're talking with Tina right now about uh, sort of maxing out anything she can do at the relative young... I'm not even going to say relative. I'll just say young age of 38. Sounds like you're doing a great job. Uh, so, we talked about the 401k. How is that that currently allocated is that in a target date fund have you built the asset allocation because that's the biggest part of your holdings
5: uh, so, it's the asset allocation 2040. I want to say that's right. Uh, 56 domestic stocks, 31 foreign stocks, and 7% uh, domestic bonds, I believe, and the rest the balance between others and cash.
2: Okay. So, it's more aggressive than I had said earlier. I thought earlier I said 60, 40. It sounds more like almost 80% in stocks. So, that's good mm-hmm. because you're going to work a long time. You want to have, you don't want to have much in bonds because they're not paying a whole lot, right? I mean, so when you're young, you should be mostly in stocks. I'm good with that. Uh, the pension obviously you cannot invest that's their money to invest for you correct yep okay and then you had a question about the HSA my suggestion there again would be some balance between stocks and bonds because if you need the money for some health emergency that came up you don't want it all in stocks then you kind of work your way down to this ninety thousand dollars you have in savings which is which is absolutely terrific. The aspect here is, can you make at least a little something on sort of the cash part of your portfolio? This has been an argument that we, Don and I, have had for years. I prefer and use the Vanguard Short-Term Investment Grade Bond Fund, VFSTX. This is a mutual fund that holds a lot, thousands of short-term bonds you pay 20 basis point for the pleasure of holding that, and the yield right now is 2.4%. So you're making a little bit more than you would, a lot more generally in a checking account, a little bit more than a savings account. You can get the money any day that you need. it. You could hook it up right to your bank account. Now, the bad news is there's some volatility. It lost a little bit of money uh, in 2008. But this is something that I think is just a little more efficient for your cash holding. By the way, you could have keep some in your higher yield savings and some in this as a way to give you some diversification in your cash as well.
5: Got it. That makes sense. I appreciate it.
2: So that would be, but it sounds like, Tina, you're doing a pretty doggone good job uh, working your way to retirement, which is still hopefully a long way down the road.
5: Seems that way. I probably have to start working
2: till I'm 90 or something. No, like or something. no, no, no. Not a saver like you. And I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like engagement. I mean, this is something that comes up when we, at a couple we talked to today, and the guy's very successful attorney wants to quit in five years. He's still relatively young. And I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, you know, I'll probably try the vacation thing for a while and I'll get bored and I'll go back to working. Because I find people in retirement, that want to find the sense of purpose. I'm never telling people work longer than you want to. What I was saying for you is Mm -hmm. you you, you are young. Uh, It it appears it would be more of a a personal decision than it would be financially because you're being such a great saver for retirement. So congratulations for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for being part of the program. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Speaking of retirement... Speaking of retirement, uh, I love these surveys. Uh, Where, right? I mean, because a lot of people say you can never do it in Seattle because it's too expensive. Um, And then we have a lot of people that say, I want to go to the Southwest. And they wake up in July and find out it's 114 degrees outside. And they don't want to do that. So these surveys come out telling you the, the best and worst states for retirement. Guess what? The survey that just came out, number one state for retirement. I don't think you're going to guess this you hang on we'll tell you when we come back from the break because you will never guess the number one state and by the way washington good old washington state i think it's like 45th go figure looking at things like cost of living weather all that kind of stuff we'll come back we'll tell you more about that 855-935-TALK stay with us
1: tom and don are talking
2: Real money.
0: Download the advisor interview form and find out if your advisor is a fiduciary at TalkingRealMoney.com.
1: For your real life and real
2: future, Tom and Don are talking
1: real money.
2: Are you a corn husker? Do you know how to harvest corn? Do you know how to cook it? Do you know how to eat? I can eat it. I can probably cook it. Uh, welcome to Talking Real Money. We're talking about retirement, maybe your retirement. How about moving to the place that's the best place to retire, the best state to retire in? This is a no-brainer, right? Maybe you thought it was like the Southwest because it's sunny all the time. Maybe you thought it was a major metropolitan area because you could live downtown and take in the arts and everything else. No, no way, man. Number one, this includes affordability, crime, culture, weather, and wellness. The number one is Nebraska? Come on. Number two, Iowa. Number three, Missouri. You're seeing a pattern here. Places that I haven't even visited. Uh, number four, South Dakota, number five, Florida. I guess I could kind of see that. You gotta work your way well down the list to number forty six to get to Washington. Forty six, really? Wow. And they give us a thirty six for weather. I think they're way off the mark there, but take a look at the weather map today and see if you'd rather be anywhere other than seattle i'm betting not in these great united states of america but we'll see still got time for your questions and calls 855-935-TALK you can tell me why i'm wrong about that 855-935-TALK let's go back to the phones lisa joins us here on the program hi lisa
6: hi there
2: how can i help you
6: um, well, I'm curious what your thoughts are or, you know, what, what, what I should be considering about paying off the mortgage with some of the 401k money.
2: So taking, it, husband, out of the for- taking it out of the, first of all, how old are you?
6: Um, I'm 58. Okay. My husband's 61. He just retired. I'm still working. Okay. Um, it was kind of a thought we we wondered about. And
2: what, how, tell me about the value of your home, first of all.
6: Um, we think ballpark. It's probably about 400, 450,000.
2: Okay. And what do you owe on it? hundred and fifty. At what interest rate?
6: Ooh. I should know that. I don't know. I think it's three it's low three something. Okay,
2: that's gonna be an important part of the equation, but low three something tells us something. So you're thinking of okay. taking out how much uh, of, of your husband's 401k or your 401k um probably both equal
6: okay. i would be 59 and a half you know next year um
2: so okay
6: I, I thought equally but and but what, whatever the considerations are okay <laughs> we're not and, really sure how to look at this
2: yeah what is your with your husband in retirement do you have any idea what your tax rate is federal tax mm-hmm. rate that's yeah. another number, because just, okay, just stepping back, I, I was trying to get a general feel, but in a general sense, I don't favor this for a variety of reasons. First of all, okay. the, the fact that you're paying a little over 3% on the mortgage is very, a very low interest rate compared to what you should be trying to make in a 401k, even moderately invested should be trying to make you 6 or 7% a year. So comparing those two is one thing. Number two, remember that when the money comes out of the 401k, we're going to pay tax on it. At least you're wisely have already pointed out. You wouldn't take any till 59 and a half because prior to that, you'd be paying a 10% penalty on top of whatever income tax rates. We're going to be paying tax on it, right? That's another thing to think about. Um, Number three, and here's the part that I think people forget. Once it goes in out of the 401k into the house, this is now illiquid. You can't get at that money. Should your husband have a health issue? Should you have other some other need for it? Should you need to pay the light bill for retirement? So I generally do not favor this as a strategy. It turns out most of the time in financial planning, it feels great. It just feels good. I'm paying off debt. I owe nothing on my house or I owe less. It's a feeling thing, not a financial thing. The financial equation generally is do not do it. Okay. But you really want to know, you'd want to know what your tax rate was. You would want to know what the interest rate on the house and by the way, is this the house you plan to stay in the rest of your lives? Uh,
6: Probably not.
2: Okay, that's another reason that I wouldn't do it as well. If you were going to say, I'm going to pay it off. I'm going to live here for the next hopefully 30 years or more because I know people live in their 90s. My personal goal is 90, by the way. Then you could say yes. But otherwise, I would definitely not be favoring it then because then you're just turning something that is, again, liquid into an illiquid, a place you can't get the money. And and you're hoping, by the way, that at some point when you go to sell it, you can get the 450. We never know what's going to happen in the real estate market that may make it really difficult to sell that house. So, no, I don't think that would be a good financial decision. Okay.
6: Okay. That. I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you for calling the program eight five five nine three five talk. I do want to mention that uh, all things retirement is exactly what we do. In the classes that we do general, this is the topic that people want to know about how to save for retirement how to invest in retirement how to get money out of my investments to pay me in retirement when to take social security how to avoid the big mistakes you see as practitioners and we are that we manage about 450 million dollars for about 750 families nationwide so we see all of these situations And we try to talk to you about the ones we see that are most prevalent, how to do things right, that put the odds in your favor, to keep your taxes as low as possible, to build a great future without having to worry about it all the time, without having to speculate or think about, hey, if I did this, I might have enough money to avoid those kind of things. And that's what I'm going to be doing. On July 24th, this is a special lunch ed class. We still have a few seats left for it, but it will, I probably could say, sell out by the end of this weekend. We do them infrequently. We can only take, I think it's 14 people or something because it's a small room. You get a lunch with it. It's an hour-long class. I walk through Proper portfolio construction. I walk through how to take money out of your investments. I give you some important facts about Social Security that many of you overlook, and people make horrible decisions about Social Security. We do all of this. There's a very small charge that kind of covers the cost of the lunch. There's no obligation of any other kind. We're not going to sell you anything while you're there. You can simply come get the education and walk out the door so that is the 24th of july it's a weekday and you can register for it at talkingrealmoney.com talkingrealmoney.com and we again we try to help you understand how to get this right. We've been doing this for a long time, and one of the fellas that we've been doing it with will be on this program two weeks from today, a guy named Paul Merriman, who's been a great mentor, a great friend, and I hope a great colleague, and you'll love hearing from him. So join us on, the, uh, on that program two weeks from today as well. We'll, uh, we'll continue the program just a couple minutes here on Talking Real Money.
0: Tom and I believe in helping everybody become a better investor. That's why we offer lots of free knowledge at TalkingRealMoney.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are Talking Real Money.
2: Welcome back to Talking Real Money. We're here every week to answer your questions about all things investing, retirement, money. Really want to make sure you get this right because it, For most people, investing really is investing for retirement. You heard a lot of calls today on everything from investing in cannabis stocks to whether we should use a target date fund, or I have cash now, should I be investing with market at new highs? We try to answer those questions relatively quickly here every week on the program, but when we do the classes, like the one I've got coming up on July 24th, we carefully walk through how to create what we call asset allocation for retirement. That is how using mutual funds to pick the right amount of stocks and bonds in your portfolio, how to build this for wherever you are in your life and for however much money you have or may need. Then we try to show you how to create income from your savings in retirement and how to avoid critical retirement mistakes we see people make on a regular basis again it's thursday the 24th of july is a a very low cost to attend because it includes a lunch so we're not going to give you a free lunch we're not selling an annuity there's nothing like that so join us that day at noon at our office in bellevue for a special lunch ed presentation here's where you can do it talkingrealmoney.com just go to talkingrealmoney.com
1: programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?